Welcome back to Indy Housing Market. My name is Kyle Morris with Morris Property Group and FC Tucker. I'm Shelly Walters with the Shelly Walters Realty Group and FC Tucker. And we have a special guest today. I'll let him introduce himself. I'm Eric Toddrud with Caliber Home Loans, New Res. Thanks for coming on. So um, we had some questions, um, what was it, two weeks ago, that about the home buying process for new homeowners, first-time homeowners. And we kind of want to dig into it a little bit. Obviously, we'll get into the stats, pulse of the market, and all that stuff. But we really want to take this opportunity, especially with the spring market kind of – okay, so I was going to say the spring market rolling around, but the spring market is already here. We've had – you know, we kind of predicted it would start at the beginning of March. It's happened, what do you think, maybe like two weeks ago it started uh, when we first started yeah, talking about it? Yes, at least. But one of the things I was thinking about um, – the disproportionately warm weather has kind of—I I don't—we did—we couldn't get a read on that. Thirty today. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's all over the place. But seventy in February is crazy, right? Yeah. So, but it's had people out and about. Um, when I was at a listing appointment yesterday, and I mean, there was flowers blooming. I know all the flowers started showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of crazy. So I mean, it's yeah. getting everybody in the mood. You know, it's giving everybody a false sense of security that it's going to be warm because everybody knows we'll still get snow in April here in Indiana. But um, at my gym, they're mulching it already, which is insane to me. But, you know, well, I mean, just Tony Phil didn't see a shadow, right? He didn't. He didn't. That's why. What does that mean? Punxsutawney Phil. So oh, no, I know who it is, but I forget. I never know. It, what means, it, it means, means early spring. Early spring. If he doesn't. Early if he doesn't. Yeah. I won't remember that. Normally he does. Again. He didn't this year. Big <laughs> shout out to Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. One of my favorite movies ever it does not get enough credit as a as a comedic classic sorry to go off okay on so anyway <laughs> so, i'm sorry anyways we are so we here to, to yeah, talk yeah. about well, we had um something that showed up in regards to a person asking what it would take to be a first-time home buyer what kind of uh rates they could get if they had this kind of credit score that kind of credit score and all the so-called first-time home buyer Funds programs available programs yeah. that um we still hear i like i was saying earlier we get a phone call um i always hear well i want that eight thousand dollar you know first time home buyer credit that was like 2010 but people are still trying to think that you know so, so there's so much misconceptions out there so we wanted to bring you in and just kind of let's talk about what a new first time home buyer or just anybody but really more like a first time home buyer we're here today to yeah like about. what they're going to run into yeah, yeah absolutely and, and thank you guys for invite me on here this is of course, a huge of course. Honor. yeah um yeah so you know i get a lot of calls to first time home buyer what you know what kind of programs are available for me um and the answer is it really depends you know i mean it depends on a lot of different factors um you know credit being one um oh, let's let's go with that real quick yeah. so just dive into it so we don't lose any of it absolutely so walk through the credit piece, right? So what's a so you got prime credit, like you can explain that, right? So, so prime rates, all of that. What's a, you know, because people think they have to have like a seven sixty, right? right? Or you know, people people be like, oh, I have a five ninety, but they have like a six forty. Like people just don't. It's one of those things that people talk about in an educated manner, but are in general just uneducated about, for the record, right? Right, and, and so you know, rates. Um, Really, if, especially for first-time home buyers, let's talk about IHCDA, for example, I'll just, and I'll expound more on it. That, rate, what, that stands for Indiana, Indiana Housing Coalition. I'd have to look it up. Down payment assistance. It, it's the down. It, IHCDA Don't know what is the, the down payment. IHCDA is the down payment assistance program uh, that Indiana offers, um, and and you can go with a conventional or an FHA mortgage. They they fix that rate regardless of 
of credit score. And so credit score is not going to affect your rate on that program. It may affect, um, you know, your credit profile may affect your um, ability to get approved for that loan. Uh, you know, 640 being the uh, minimum credit score for that program. Okay. Um, so right there's the first answer to that. 640, 640 for down payment assistance for the state. down payment assistance program yeah. from Indiana. Yes. And, um, and there are some other programs as well. Uh, and depending on cr- uh, uh, income limits, uh, we can back out credit score, what we call credit score pricing hits, meaning your credit score, depending on where your income is, um, and I'd say as far as clients that I talk to, probably well over half fall under the income limits that are required. We can also br- uh, back their pricing um, hits out. And so your credit score doesn't actually affect the rate you are getting. So whether you have an 800 or you have a 680, if you're under that income limit, we can back that out and you're getting the exact same rate. So a question on that one, is there a income limit 100%? You can't, you have to make this much money or, or you less. could not afford to purchase a home in oh. any of the programs. So like if they make 40,000, is it like say, no, you just can't do it. Or is that all based on debt to income and all that? So debt to income comes into play, but I'm actually talking about income limits as far as you have to be under a certain amount. Right. Right. So well, it's like, there's, I, I, it's been a while, but isn't it like, it's higher than what you would think. I feel like it was like 80 so, as a single and so 150 as it de- a It depends dual. on which program you know, you're, you're going with. Um, Fannie Mae Home uh, Home Ready and, and Freddie Mac Home Possible um, is is a percentage of area median income. Okay. In these counties, it's just below seventy eight thousand, and you okay. have to be. So it's it's city specific, county specific, zip code specific, county specific. Okay. But that's single person, correct? That's not fa- or is that family? That's that is or household. Qual- that's household. qualifying income. Okay, so that's household. So yeah. Um, and if you're over that, then then yeah, we'd have to look at a, a different program. Now okay. there's a a what we call CAMI, uh, which is conventional AMI, um, and that has a higher income limit, okay. uh, closer to uh, just under a hundred thousand. Uh, it's like ninety seven some change, I believe. Um, and same same deal with that. We back out credit score hits for first time home buyers. Uh, that is a first-time homebuyer specific program, um, but again, if you if you're an 800 credit score, you're a 680, 660, you're you're getting the same rate because that credit score rate adjustment is backed out. So for that program, you can do it with a 640. I think lowest I think I've ever seen uh, on a mortgage that got approved is like around 580, 590. That's pretty. That was kind of case specific, but I know there's a couple programs that do that. Yeah. So, um, 580 is going to be the minimum that, yeah. that, and, and, and I'll just say that, that different lenders have different minimums. FHA, for example, our minimum is 580 okay. for an F for a three and a half percent down. FHA. But a different other than caliber. So like maybe a fairway or Howard Hanna or somebody, it may be different. It, it could be okay. because FHA, um, you know they don't have whereas conventional is um you know for us if you're putting a low down payment on a conventional 620. and the lowest you can pay on a conventional is three percent correct and what's the difference between fha and conventional for anybody who's interested in seeing why because like you had said earlier 
when somebody calls you and says, I want to buy a house and I want the first time home buyer credit or whatever they think is out there, whatever they think, you have to sit down and like well, everything you've said so far is a lot to talk about. Absolutely. So one human being coming and sitting in front of you will qualify or have a better program than the next person yeah. that comes in. So there is no coverall. Absolutely. It's it's so specific to someone's individual situation. So their income, their credit score, where they want to purchase, how much funds they have available. Yeah, yeah. that that's um, another one. because one thing that I will say is is and in IHCDAs Indiana Housing and Community Development Community. Authority. Ooh, so, so we're way off. But the, the uh, letter still worked for the us. The letter still worked <laughs> for us. Um, you know, so so the IHCDA down payment assistance loans, for example, they give, uh, there are different programs that give 6%, 3.5%, and 2.5% to the to the buyer of the purchase, uh, price. Of the purchase price. Um, so for down payment or for closing costs? So the 6% you can use down payment and closing costs. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, really, you can use it down Wherever. payment and closing costs. Yeah. Now, it comes with elevated closing costs. So the price you know that, that you get for the loan um, in terms of closing costs is, is going to be higher. Um, so you pay for it. And so you pay for it. And, and so that's a great program for somebody who genuinely doesn't have uh, – um, you know a ton of money and they really really need that down payment assistance and so it, it really takes digging in with that client and seeing what's important to them what they have available to them what you know what do we have to do to get you into a home because there's also um you know we have that i was telling you about the res source program which yeah. is it, it is essentially a a freddie mac home possible um program three percent down conventional uh, and so you're going to have much lower closing costs uh, you're going to back out the credit score hits. They have to fall underneath that 70, 77, you know, income limit for the for these counties. Now, some of the counties uh, that are outside of here, they have lower income limits than that. So it's mm -hmm. it's all county specific. Um, but but in that program, we also give uh, our company as a grant gives two percent. So it's a three percent down conventional loan. But we're giving two percent so of you're the coming purchase price. Of the purchase price, up to five thousand dollars. Up to five thousand dollars. And so, you know, that's for, huge. For that's less, a lot. Correct. Yeah. So for less closing costs, if you have one percent, you know, uh, and, and you can bring one percent, you can pay less closing costs and and bring that one percent. And what's that program called? That is called Res Source. Is what we call it. New and it's Res, from your Res company. Source. Yes. And and so we source those funds. Um, and, and a big difference in that is that there are not strings attached to that, the, the money that comes, uh, you know, the, the grant. They back. don't have to pay it back. Yeah, correct. Because okay. there are programs out there that you can get some grants up front, but you have, like, limitations on that. What, living in a house at a certain amount of time, so, paying it back if you don't. All that kind of, I mean, there's always, yeah, so, not everything's free, right? No, it's not. There are strings attached. And so IHCDA, while it's a great program we do, you know, I have a lot of clients that want to opt that direction. There are different um, amounts of time that you, you know, it's, it, they give you a, a, what's called a forgivable second lien, mm -hmm. okay? And so the down payment assistance is a, a second lien that you don't, that doesn't have a payment. Um, and if you want to sell the home, within uh, a certain time frame, you owe that back. I think so, one of them's seven years and one of them's nine so years. So they just right? changed the nine year on the first place is there is, it, it's indefinite. So you owe it back. 
no matter what. No matter okay. what. That one has just changed at the beginning of this year to nine years. The other one, the next home, which gives a little bit less, it gives three and a half or two and a half. Uh, that's three years, okay. Um, which is a little bit more reasonable, but you get less down payment assistance. What if you refinance? So at this point, you still owe it back. However, they at are, the refinance time, unless it was after three years. Correct. Now they are. It would just get rolled, though, wouldn't it? It, it would just you'd be, have to you'd have to have enough equity to roll it into yeah, a, okay. a, a um, um, into the into a cash out yeah. refinance right. and and pay that off now. There has been a lot of talk, and it hasn't come out quite yet, about an IHCDA refinance program where you don't have to do that. Oh, and so that is coming. When is it coming? Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't know. Um, that's like insider information. I like <laughs> this. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be talking. Can about we go it. to jail for this? <laughs> <laughs> but, well, but that's been on th- the this horizon. This just shows it's changing constantly. So, like how yeah. I opened and said that people are calling and asking about the 2010 programs. They're gone. Last year's programs are gone. This month we have a new program. I don't know, but they're always changing. Well, and they're getting advice from their parents who haven't yeah. bought a house in 20 years. Or right? they they These know things are so yeah, different. They know what they heard the last time they even looked into the market because yeah. mo- many people, if they're looking for a home, they're in the market. Yeah. When they're not looking for a home, they're not paying attention at all. They don't care. So when it comes back around 10 years later, they're like thinking of everything they knew 10 years ago. And this market is constantly changing, especially for the first-time home buyers. And talking about these. Can another person who's not a first-time home buyer also qualify? Depending on the program, IHCDA, no. But for this ResSource program and um, you know your your Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac home home uh, ready and home possible programs, yes, yeah, you don't have to actually be a first-time home buyer. And so, yeah, so many people think FHA is for first-time home buyers. Yes, yeah. but also. No, FHA is another one. Yeah, so yeah. FHA and you and you asked me before the difference between FHA and conventional and, and a couple things. FHA requires a three and a half percent. Conventional, you can go down to three. FHA has higher debt to income uh, uh, thresholds, so you can you know potentially afford a little bit more house. Um, FHA comes with two different types of mortgage insurance: mm-hmm. upfront, which is rolled in the loan, and monthly. And so there are some. That's what makes that program kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's there are some drawbacks to it. Um, you know, I mean, it is. Uh, you know, if you have somebody who has, maybe they're over that income limit to back out the credit score hits, uh, but their their credit is a little bit lower. Um, it can be a way more affordable way to purchase a home because the uh, mortgage insurance is so much lower on that than, for example, if somebody is is in that mid six hundred range. Um, and, and you know, and once a conventional loan, it might make more financial sense to go FHA, um, and, and that's really where getting on the phone with with mm-hmm. your lender and having them run those scenarios side to side um, can be really helpful because otherwise you just don't know. Yeah, you know? And, and speaking of that, this is one thing in the past couple of years. Um, it's reminding me. So if you have an FHA loan with the PMI on it. That can go away if their house becomes what's the what's the, um, in, the so, difference? So for so for conventional, it goes away at seventy eight percent. FHA stays on for the life of the loan. Okay, yeah. so the conventional is the one where we can actually reach out to our clients right now who may have got that house two years ago. They can get rid of their PMI because their houses have gone up so much in the past couple of years. Well, and so that is ba- and I'll just say if it's based on the original appraised value of the loan. And so, oh, so it's not what their current value of the house becomes. 
no because okay. th- that's have good to, information yeah it, now if rates have come down and we get we we write a new loan and, and get a new appraisal on it then yes easy or if rates have stayed the same and we want to get rid of the PMI, you can do that but if you if when the loan was um originated it was it appraised for 200 that's what we're going for interesting okay so yeah. so a couple other questions right so Things I get asked about, I mean, I was even talking about it a little bit yesterday with some, some newer agents. Um, it kind of stemmed out of, you know, there's this, um, especially with new agents, they, they, they believe, you know, people don't want to talk to me about this stuff, friends and families, because, you know, like there's this whole stigma about like, oh, I don't want you to know, you know, what I have. And yeah, what first of all, like, is, your credit score. Yeah, yeah, the narrative of that actually is the reality, people don't want you to know how little you have right that that's where it really comes from and for the record like everybody is in that boat for the most part like i would say that is the broader situation of most people Mm -hmm. we run into it's not like everybody's sitting on trust funds and stuff like that everybody's just doing the best they can um hasn't saved enough you know like has, has got some credit hits you know and so like i wish people would get around that narrative you know i'm a professional nobody finds this stuff out i don't really care uh like I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think there's just like a false narrative around that. But so one of the things that comes up is, um, you know, how much is this going to ding my credit score, right, for you to pull this? Like, that's always a big question. Um, and then when people have do have a low credit score, because um, I know you and I have worked together a ton. And so it's, you know, somebody will be like, oh, I got, you know, I, I want to get my credit score up. I'm like, well, like, call him because he can have, like, you know, somebody who's at like a 600 trying to get to a 640, it's not as difficult yeah. as you think. I've it doesn't take as long as you how think. fast when you get yeah. the credit help. So, yeah, calling and saying, I want to buy a house. I don't think I can now, which is getting to our next conversation. But they don't change anything, right? They just want to keep making payments on their credit cards, <laughs> thinking, like, doing that will get their credit score up. And, like, no, like, I could just literally save you money, do this one thing, and you're there, mm-hmm. right? But they don't know that because they don't know how all the credit works and dings together. Well, right. this is where we we were, you know, talking about too. If you're a first-time home buyer or in, a buyer specifically in any way capacity, is we need a pre-approval. Yes. So when you call and you say I want to buy a house, the first thing is not to go look at houses and then find it. We have to have a pre-approval because there's so much information that you need to know before you purchase that home that we need to know. And so that's not the first step is to look at the house. The first step is to call you and figure out what the best program is. Do you need to fix your credit in any way? And also, what is that? Like, if you tell them they can afford a $250,000 house and their price is going to, or their monthly is going to be a certain amount, they may say, well, no, we don't, yeah. we can't do that. Right. So just because you say they can afford a house at this price, we need them to understand what that means to them for them to say, no, let's bring that down. And then you can say, well, 220, this is your monthly. Does that work? Then you come to us and we look for a house under 220. Because for you to just say 250 and for an agent to run with 250, that doesn't mean anything. It it's doesn't. what they can feel comfortable with. Well, I mean, how right. much have you, in the, especially in the past couple of years, I've had people who are like, we want to move, blah, blah, blah. We do all this and we get into it. And I'm like, with where you're currently at, because prices have gone up, this is a lateral move. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we wait six months or a year? Let's improve some things, right? We'll see what interest rates do. Um, and then you might be able to make the step up because otherwise we're going to jump through a ton of hoops and go look at a bunch of houses that you're just going to get frustrated that is the same house that you're currently in mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Well, right? we were talking about that earlier too mm-hmm. is a first-time home buyer finally getting to you know get ready to buy their first home. 
and their expectations and their wants and oh needs for the houses that they go and look at and the price point they can afford can be out of skew a little bit. <laughs> oh, more than a little bit. I mean, I, so we're talking like, so my wife got her first house at like 22. Um, you know, it's like a hundred thousand dollar house. Like I get that, it, you know, that's a different price these days or whatever. It's just a little ranch. It was she and I, um, you know, nowhere near, you know, we were out on the West side, you know, um, and we didn't work anywhere close to that. You know, we were just trying to get a house and, and start building some equity. But I have people who are looking at their first home, their first house. That's like the house I live in and it's my third house. Right. And, and I just don't know is if that's, social media. I don't know if that's societal. I don't know what has bred that so much, but the idea, I mean, I want people to get a house, but the idea like the first house you buy is the, the house you're going to live in forever. is just like, yeah, doesn't happen. The average I've is never five seen to that seven happen. years. But yeah. on top of that is, you know, you may have grown up like that in your family home, the most recent home you grew up in with your family. Um, just to think that that's going to be the kind of house that you could purchase, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of times you'll get the 250 off, you know, this is what you can afford is 250 and we go show them houses and they're like, oh, that's not good enough for yeah. me. You know, it's like, well, that's what you can afford, but this isn't your for only home. This is a stepping stone. Now you can start having, you know, the interest rates for tax deductions. You can start building equity. Which it's helps with the down payment stone. on the next Yeah, one. it's just a stepping stone. But to think that you're going to laterally move with your parents' house my parents house that i grew up in was their third house also <laughs> right but like it, but they've lived in it since i was eight yeah right well they, I mean, everybody used to do that right yeah, but even then you know anymore. it's like oh i love this house well they were 38 when they bought it something like that and i mean they're 74 75 and still own it um but people are early 30s or, or late 20s trying to buy that house and it's like like that's a couple steps away, right? I mean, well, it's just and I've, we've we've talked before. We have talked about this because I, I helped you buy your first. house. Well, you helped me buy my <laughs> yeah. first house and, and the house I'm currently in. Uh, and uh, but we've talked before because we've worked with a lot of clients together, and I've said, man, you sell the dream, and then I'm I'm the reality check, guy, <laughs> you know, because because uh, you're right. It's really a good idea to, you know, when I'm doing the pre-approval, I like to then also show people. Uh, different, I do like payment charts. Hey, mm-hmm. at, at 200, you're going to be, you know, this is the payment to expect because, because guess what? You got taxes and insurance and maybe mortgage insurance in there if you're putting less than 20%. And they always want to buy furniture too. So there's always, there's always these extras that, right. you know, right. you, you, you know, you know like couch costs these days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just yeah. bought one. <laughs> Man. I saw those pictures. The yeah. big couch. This yeah. big couch. I didn't have a couch like that in my first house. I can tell you well, that. Right, much. right. Mine came from Goodwill Five you know five five different houses probably i, I mean, think my I was, family donated us yeah, so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i i just I, you know it's it's good to ahead of time before you go look at the 250 the three hundred thousand dollar house have a good idea of what the payment is going to be what your funds to close are going to look like so that you can go into it with and not be house poor the very first day and, and not be house you know, poor and, and go into it with with eyes wide open because there's so many times where we've you know, where we've helped somebody and they're like, well, I want this level, but I want to pay yeah. this amount. Yeah. That's, and, I think, what we're talking about. And we're like, well, let's let's kind of bridge that gap a little bit and, and set some realistic expectations. I do feel blessed that with my age, um, you know, being about to be 45 in a month, um, I can walk people through that of what your life will look like 
seven years from where they are and then seven years after that because I kind of feel like seven years like I mean that's what we say with houses anyways but seven to nine years like those are major milestones like to think that you're where you are at 27 is where you're at at 36 right or where you're at at 36 is where you're at at 45 or 45 and 54 like those are major milestones within life of pivoting of your life right and so I can only tell somebody what you know the next 20 years kind of looks like for them and I have some examples of what it looks like the 10 ahead of me, right? But people are trying to buy this house that is either 15 years away from them or isn't going to matter in two. And, and, and that's the hard part. And that's where people get so hamstrung on like trying to figure things out on their own. Like just call us, talk to, talk to Shelly or I, talk to Eric, get all the pieces put together and then you have a roadmap and then it's not stressful and you know what your next moves are, right? Because it's like, how do you improve your credit score? Like, I mean, to go back well, like what we were talking about. You like, had said something earlier, too, and it gets back to, like you said, call and talk to us. Agents need to not be afraid to have that conversation, oh like goodness, you said, yes. to say, oh, they don't want to tell me anything. If I don't know their situation, and I'm going to deep dive into, dive into it, if they don't tell me or don't want to tell me, I can't help them. Like, I need to know. Like, if you're renting right now and you're paying $1,500 a month, Let's start there. Are you comfortable with that? Or has that just been draining you like crazy? You mm -hmm. know, Eric comes in and says you can afford 250 and it's going to be 1400 a month. You're like, you know, that's still draining me. So if we don't start those conversations and dig deep, I mean, if the buyer doesn't want to tell me, at some point, if some of the things they won't tell me, I can't do my job. Yeah. Right. But I can't be afraid to ask questions. They're personal. And, I mean, I have a psychology degree. I use it all the time. But the conversations are personal. We are their advocate, their consultant, their person to get them through this process in their best interest. Yeah, I think communication is, is the biggest thing. I mean, even if it's something that the client doesn't want to hear. <laughs> I think literally for every yeah. house I have sold, I've also told a client, like just as many as I've sold, and probably the same for you, I've told that many people to not buy a house mm -hmm. as well. Oh, like, I've, I've heard you say, yeah, I yeah. don't think they should buy this house. Yeah. Or you shouldn't buy right now. Like, after, yeah. you know, you can go, everything can be in a line where they've agreed that they can do this payment. They've agreed to that price point. We go look at houses and you just start to hear the conversations going on for the next two or three weeks. And you look at them and you go, you are not ready. Yeah. And that's where as an agent, I'm not chasing commission. Yeah. I want to take care of my clients and be you know, their advocate. And if I see that it's not something they should be doing or they need to get back in front of you and run these numbers again, because I'm hearing something like all of a sudden they broke down a car and uh, had to pay $5,000. Yeah. I mean, we can't stay on a course anymore. We've got to pivot. And so it's, listen. there's just so much weird stuff with that, right? Like to, to the commission part or, or I can't tell you like as a human or as a business owner, how detrimental that is to just put somebody in a house. Like, A, I, it just doesn't set with me as a human. As a business owner, it's a horrible business model to operate under. Um, you're just going to get nothing but um, bad feedback and, and bad all, everything, right? Um, it's just not it's, not, it's not a caring way to have business, you know? You and I both like put so much heart into what we do. Um, and there's a reason. It's because we care about people and we care about their lives and their families. Right off the bat, as soon as I meet people, you know, I just want to get involved to help them the best I can. And if they don't buy a house, if they can't buy a house or things change, that's okay. But I want to make sure what they do is the best for them. And, and then people think about um, 
So let's say somebody's approved a 350. Like, yeah, I try not to put somebody to 350 if they're approved to 350. But, you know, be like, oh, well, we're looking at this house. Like, sometimes it's because I know I can negotiate it down or whatever it is. And I think there's this misnomer of like, well, yeah, you want me to spend that. It's good for your commission. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, this is where people don't run the math. Like, you know this what? is like five hundred dollar difference for me. Like, that's not going to move the meter. Right. On, like, but you know what? what? I don't I think sell. I've ever had anybody say that to me because I don't think I ever put that air off, and I doubt you do too. No, I've never. Know? I've heard it. Um, yeah. I've heard it. I've never heard it with me and a client, but I've heard it yeah. at, in a conversation plenty of well, times. Well, yeah, they get that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, of course, because you make more money, and I'm like. Not enough to deal with it yeah. like that, yeah. you know, like goodness gracious. So what else you want to give everybody on information? Um, I think we had a couple other questions yeah. here. Um, we already covered amount for down payment, 3.5% FHA, 3% mm -hmm. conventional, or if we go IHCDA, potentially nothing. Um, and we can also do that 1% conventional where we're giving two. Um, how to get a lower interest rate. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, and there's a couple different answers to that. You know, there are, it's how we can make the purchase agreement as agents is one. Absolutely. We can ask the seller to pay the points. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, having a lender and an agent that work well together as a team is, is so beneficial for a buyer because we're getting on the phone. Hey, the amount of times that Kyle's called me and said, all right, what's the cost of a 2-1 buy-down? Mm -hmm. And I'll get into what that is yeah. on this property. And I can run it. Oh, this is how much it costs. We have the seller pay that. We ask for it. Mm -hmm. And we're good. Yeah, you can't just put in on a purchase agreement the seller to provide a 2-1 buy-down. No, because right. uh, seller has no idea what that means. They, right. Well, right. the agents, agents don't, don't even. Know. I have to give the exact dollar amount. Yeah, yeah, I right. just dealt with it like a couple weeks ago. And they're like, oh, oh that's ago. like, yeah, they're like, oh, that's $12,000. I was like. I need seven thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars. Right, exact yeah, like, amount. Yeah, yeah. Like I know exactly what I need. And so that's where it comes in, where it's so beneficial, where we're working together. And uh, so, so, and let's get into that. I mentioned two on buy down. People are probably listening, thinking, "What the heck?" We talk that? about it a lot. You but do. It's okay. Still unknown, even by agents. Yeah, yeah. And so there's something called a temporary buy down, and there's something called a permanent buy down. Permanent buy down, otherwise known as buying points, you're paying additional closing costs to lower your rate for the in, life of the for loan. the life of the loan you're yeah. lowering the note rate and um, that's one percent of the purchase price is one point is that clear enough or so, so one point that? isn't even like a full percentage well, point well so yeah so but but yeah that's so buying one percent of the loan amount is is one full point now does one point drop your rate one point no. One percentage point. It is not one percentage point. Yeah. No, it moves a lot slower than that, uh, depending on where pricing is that day. You know, maybe you're looking at around a quarter. You know, a quarter of a point reduction for a full point uh, buying, and that's just a, a ballpark. Um, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. So it, it moves more incrementally for a large, you know, for a, a a large sum of closing costs, uh, and but it but it stays for the life of the loan. So if rates never go down. You know, not saying that, that they won't. Hopefully they will. But if they never go down, you have a lower rate for the life of the loan. The note rate is lower. Temper well, let me throw something in here, too. When you're talking about Absolutely. the 2-1 buy-down, looking at it from the agent's point of view or the seller's point of view, if it is $7,000, your first price cut on that house is probably going to be more than $7,000. So you can have a $7,000 credit go to the buyer and not have to start the price cuts 
and that's why it's a really and good get, idea and to get offer it sold that. right off the bat. Right. And so and so yeah. So then we go into a temporary buy down, like a two one, a one zero two one or three two one buy down, and that is different from a, a from buying points. Um, that is essentially. Uh, are we running out of time here? No. Okay. Uh, that is essentially prepaid interest for the uh, two one is is two points the first year and one point the second year and that's that is actual percentage of interest for those years yes. and then back to note rate for years. Three so what that 30. means in just general terms mm-hmm. is like is six point eight today. Mm-hmm. They would start their first year at six point eight goes down to. So on a two one, it'd be four point eight the, the first, first year. year. Second year would be five point eight, and then years three through thirty would be back to the note rate of six point eight. And now that's that's a nice change for a couple of years. It's a it big is. dollar amount. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's and, way and more. Anybody can do this. This is not a first time home buyer program. No. Yes. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, anybody. anybody can we can do it on a uh, any conventional loan, FHA loans. We we can do it. And, and so, it has nothing to do with their credit score, their no. income, no. nothing. No. It's just a concession. No, I will right. say it has to do with the house. <laughs> <laughs> like if well, there's a ton of interest in the house, yeah, you're probably not going to get one. And, no, right, and, yes, and so it makes sense on for. those programs. It, that one, it really makes sense for a seller to pay it because it's just prepaid interest. It's the interest that you'd be paying on those two points or that one point that second year. It, you're either paying, you're having the seller pay it up front or you would be paying it throughout those years. Yeah through monthly payments. It's just a seller helping to cover the cost of the payments in for the, the first idea, two years. Yeah, yeah, and the idea with that is that hopefully rates come down before the end, before you get right. back to no mm-hmm. rate and you can refinance into a lower rate before they come down, whether or not that's going to happen or not. My Nobody crystal knows. ball isn't working right. today. Yeah, <laughs> neither is ours. Unfortunately. Not anymore. So, it broke a long right. time ago. So what do you have to have proof of? Well, that... Like like ninety nine percent of my answers in the mortgage world depends. It, it depends, <laughs> but but basic things. Okay, let's say that somebody's not self employed; uh, they're a W two employee. We're gonna need number one photo ID from everybody. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need valid valid photo ID, oh, yeah. not expired, please. Um, I just saw my mom's driver's license; it expired well, five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't drive. Yeah, so she doesn't okay. drive. So yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, most recent pay stub. Um, Last two years, W-2s, proof of funds. You mean taxes? Last two years, taxes. W-2s, if you're W-2 uh, or, or tax, w- tax if you're self-employed, tax returns. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so if you're self-employed, we would need two years of tax returns. Um, and, and these are just general. Some different loan products and different scenarios require different things. Um, and this is the same for both first-time home buyers and everybody For else. everybody. And yeah. there's a, something about being a self-employed less than a year, right? That's two years self-employed. Yep, two years self-employed. Uh, 99% of the time there are certain <laughs> things. Uh, but, Depends. But, but yeah, two years two years self-employed is, is pretty much the, the hard and fast rule. So, And if you're self-employed, Stop lying on your taxes for two years. Yeah. You're gonna need it. Yeah, or at least not saying. I'm just saying it, it can help. I know you don't. Hypothetically pay, speaking, I know you don't want to pay Uncle Sam, and I don't blame anyone. But uh, we go by the reported, income, yeah, yeah, reported earnings yeah. And, and taxable income. Uh, and Isn't it funny how somebody can live on twenty thousand a year when they, you know, say they <laughs> make I mean, a lot more? Business, right. That's right. Like four million. Right. This is all yeah. I made. Right, and so God bless them. And Love so it. yeah, so. Unfortunately, we go you know, for self-employed. We go by taxable income, 
Uh, so we do need those tax returns to verify that. And and I think I said proof of, of funds. Uh, you know, if you're selling a home, you know, then you can use the sale of the home and the net, net sheet, in proceeds and net sheet. Uh, if not, we will need to get most recent full bank statements from any accounts or uh, or a gift letter if yeah, you're getting a gift. a gift from because any of these programs you can get uh, any of the programs that I've talked about you can get a gift. Is there a limit on the gift they can get? No. They can get the full down payment. They can, from a family member. Uh, depending on the different different loan products have different gift uh, donor requirements. Yeah. Uh, generally, you know, a family member, a spouse. Um, it has to be sourced too. You can't just funnel it. It has to be uh, seasoned funds. So, so for FHA, we have to get a, a gift donor's bank statement. Yeah. Conventional, we do not. So, nice. take take that for what it's <laughs> worth. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I want to keep doing this. I would love for people to keep sending us questions and all of that stuff. Like uh, we can go down these rabbit holes all day just to educate people. This is yeah, what I we don't do think day we, in day out. We've touched a little bit on what we came. To yeah, talk about. <laughs> there's so much. I'd love to have you back on. So hopefully you're you're willing to do that. Um, happy, maybe it's seventy instead of thirty on that day. Um, we can do the. Um, the stats, real the stats, real quick. I mean, it's just trending the same direction um, for me uh, with Fishers and Noblesville. So, in Fishers, I had 23 go on the market. 13 of them are still active. So, 10 pinned within a week. I had 31 pinned. Yeah. I mean, that's such wow. a massive negative inventory in Fishers. Um, we're currently there's 93 on the market. Um, 43 days on market, but you know the median is actually 30. We've just got a bunch of stale stuff sitting out there. So, if you're looking for a two-one buy down, go after the stale properties. You, it's I mean, that's where you're going to get it and at. And sellers should actually think about putting that in their listing. Oh, my gosh. we I had I don't even, I got so many examples on this where yeah. we ended up arguing over the smallest amount for them just to not accept it and go back on a market. And then next thing I know, I see them offering, you know, concessions uh, that they could have just had with us. But um, Noblesville, I had 29 go on the market. Um, 18 are still active, so 11 pinned. Only 24 pended, so I did pick up a little bit of inventory there, but we're still at 93 on the market, 27 days on market, 9 median. I did do some math since we were talking about um, first-time home buyers right now, and we we're talking about some realistic expectations to a certain extent. So in all of my board, the 16 donut counties, I looked for how many houses are on the market between 100 and 200, and there's 106. And between 200 and 300, there's 120. So there's there's properties out there. Um, it, it just comes down to having a conversation of like, what are we trying to do? Are we buying a forever home? Are we trying to get into the housing market so we can build equity to get to our forever home? Um, those are just conversations that you got to talk to like Shelly or I about and then get with Eric to kind of figure out what a long-term game plan is. I like. want to throw so, in a little bit there. You said 106 in mm -hmm. that price point or hundred, whatever your number was. Yeah. I was just showing in that price point. Some of those houses aren't even livable. So but some of them are. The, some of them are, but some I have a really good one for so 175 on the east side. So that's just saying we get down side. to 50 mm -hmm. livable houses that you could buy from in yep. 16 donut counties. So that's where a couple weeks ago I think we kind of did that paring down. Mm -hmm. If somebody's looking for a house in a certain price point, how many are there really when we're saying there's total of 81 active in the town? How many can they afford in what price point? Too. You get into like Hamilton County, like that's I mean that's well, yeah, going to be an investment. Point, so, yeah, harder. it's going to be tough. But you start getting into the other areas and. There's some stuff. It goes back into, you know, you said you were showing a, a property in Ligoti, right? Like, 
you know, I can get you a house. We, yeah, where we, you wanna, we got it on contract. Where you want to commute, you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. it's like some all that stuff has to come into play when we're talking about. Sometimes it's like I can get you that house, but you need to drive a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Is that the concession that yeah, you're willing to make? Yeah, they so. were 20 minutes from their work when they finally looked into it, and you know, never heard of the town before, but mm-hmm. it's it's working. Um, so in Carmel, we had 27 um, hit the market. 11 of those total pended, but 29 for the whole seven days pended. So we lost two in inventory in Carmel. Um, currently, um, in the past seven days, the median uh, was nine. Average was 41 days on market. And that is uh, trending downward from the th- past 30 days. But currently active in Carmel, there's 81. There's 260 to 6 million. And 21 in Carmel are over 1 million right now of the 81. So then and they're sold the past 30 days in Carmel were 75. And the average days on market was 44 and median 24. So like I said, um, past seven days, we went down to a median of nine. So that's good. Um, but the list of sale ratio in the past 30 days in Carmel was 101%. Yep. So it's we back. are going back to above list um, offers and acceptance. So Westfield 19 hit the market. Only six pended in the past seven days of those that hit the market, but 25 total pended last week. So we lost six in inventory. Um, average days on market was 51 and 27 median so they're staying about the same all the time active there's 165 in carmel there's 235,000 to 3.4 million 106 of those active are new builds on one um there's 15 over 1 million so there's only actually 59 resale properties available in westfield uh there's uh, sold past 30 days 108 uh, days on market was um, 50 and 31 median, so staying about the same for the past seven days. List of sale ratio in Westfield is 96%. That's because I looked at all of the sales, and that includes a lot of new builds. So what that shows us is new builds are giving you a little bit of a Concession. price break. Mm-hmm. And they also are probably offering some um, interest rate breaks as well. So, again, Westfield looks like a new build process would be maybe a good idea. In Zionsville, five hit the market, three of those pended, so a total of four. Um, average days on market and median are averaging 50. 40 of them are currently active, anywhere from 250 to 7.9. There are 19 homes available in Zionsville, over 1 million. And uh, there's 22 that sold in the past 30 days, 99% list to sale ratio. And their median was nine in the past 30 days, but it's gone up to 50 in the past seven. So Zionsville slowed way down for some reason a little bit. And those are my stats. It's interesting. There's 21 over a million in Carmel, and there's 19 in Zionsville. And Zionsville's half the size easily, right? Yeah, and there's such small inventory that 19 of the 40 are over a million. So 20, 50% are over Over a million. million. I I was just comping some houses, and a lot of those are... (coughs) I don't want to say Zionsville, but a lot of the houses I see are really dated too. So, um, but they're just really nice and big and on some land. But um, I don't know. Thanks for having us back. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you, Eric? You can either call me three one seven four four two three four five seven, or um, email me Eric Todd Erud T O D D E R U D at newrez n e w r e z dot com. Best mustache in the loan game. Or call Kyle and he'll or get you. Or call me. Yeah, yeah. Call <laughs> Kyle and get him, he'll get you in contact with me. Right. Uh, uh, to get a hold of me, it's Kyle Morris with Morris Property Group and FC Tucker. My number is 317-649-5122. And I'm Shelly Walters with FC Tucker. My phone number is 317-201-2601. Thanks so much. And please don't forget to like or subscribe and send us your questions at 
gave us an idea for today's show, and it was a really good one, I think. It's really Lots beneficial. of information, but like you said, everyone is individual, so you need to actually call you, sit down, Absolutely. and hear their story. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Pleasure.